Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Fake. The only show focused on Office 365 development, where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. Welcome to episode 35. I trust you had a good weekend and um, you've kind of rolled into this week and waking up Thursday morning and um, listening to this show. Some good news this week from a weekly updates perspective. The C-sharp support's been added into the API sandbox. So if you go to dev.office.com and go to um, the documentation page, there's an API sandbox link. This allows you to kind of trial the APIs without necessarily having to run Visual Studio or something in Fiddler. And you can actually do it against a demo tenant that we have with a bunch of data in it, or you can authenticate in and use your own tenant. So now you can see snippets there in C Sharp as well as other languages as well. And what's really cool is um, in the dropdown for languages, there's a way that you can jump into a user voice page to vote for the languages that aren't supported yet, just to show your interest. And you can see there that there's various languages like PHP that are very popular there too. Another article there from Richard Desriga, the um, developing native iOS apps using Office 365 SDK. He's got a YouTube video there where he walks through kind of starting from scratch and building those things in Xcode. So Rich is doing a lot of great work there and um, I'd highly recommend uh, checking that out if you're interested in native development with iOS. I've seen a few people on Twitter like Fabian Williams, who's an MVP. Um, who's really excited with kind of having this information shared there. Obviously, the iOS SDK has been out now for a while um, in RTM back in the end of October. But um, yeah, definitely worth checking that out if you are doing any native development against those APIs. Wanted to point out a particular code sample called the Discovery Service Sample, which is one that Shax, who's been on the show and I'm linking to his stuff quite frequently, he updated it at uh, the middle of December, and I kind of actually missed this. Um, and it was based on the fact that we now provide uh, best practices for how to do caching within the discovery service and the helper classes. So if you go to that link, you'll actually see that he's pointed out the two files, the uh, the discovery service cache CS and the Office 365 service helper cache. And you'll see there that we're actually using a, a standard approach there for storage and caching those tokens based on um, what we recommend and when it comes from an ADOL Active Directory authentication library approach. So definitely go and check that out. And then um, lastly, there was a great post by Stefan Cordonier, and I'm really sorry if I've pronounced that wrong, Stefan. He's been very, very active on our Yammer groups. If you're not a member of the Office 365 Technical Network, I'd highly encourage you to do so. He started a new blog, um, and the first one he's actually blogged about is opening a document with Office Mobile from your own application. So he's basically documented how you can put together a, a, a URL, an embed URL within your own app will actually launch Office on your Mac in your iPad or your iPhone, iOS. So a big thank you for him for sharing that information. And um, definitely someone that you should be adding adding to your RSS readers as well because um, he's been very, very good at sharing things in the Yammer network and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does from a blogging perspective as well. So without further ado, this show I'm talking to Ryan Gregg about the OneDrive consumer APIs. Um, it was great that we actually launched some things this week and I got him on the show to talk about it so that you guys can keep up from an audio form factor if you're not kind of interested in reading the blog posts and stuff. So I hope you enjoy the show. We've got some really good podcasts coming up later on in the next two weeks that I've already recorded. And so, um, yeah, we're getting some real good traction here on the show. And again, if you've got feedback for me on who you'd like to hear on the show, please jump on the Yammer group that linked in these show notes at blogs.office.com and um, let me know what you think. Okay, so I'm here in building 34 today with Ryan Gregg. So thanks for coming on the show, Ryan. Yeah, hey. 
Um, so we've bumped into each other on a few different paths now with various different things around OneDrive and, and kind of the files in general with Office. How have you got involved in Microsoft? How long have you been here? I, I don't see crystals, but I know a lot of people that hide their crystals. <laughs> yeah, everything is uh, still in my box since we just moved into this building recently. But I've actually been here 10 years now. Wow, OK. I uh, spent the first nine years doing Outlook, the desktop client. Uh, and actually spent the first half of that time working on the developer platform for Outlook. So, oh, right. Uh, all the different ways that people build apps that integrate with Outlook I did. And then a year ago, I came over to the OneDrive consumer team and took ownership of the developer platform there. And I've been the project lead for all of our new APIs, which we're announcing today. Right. So you know, the developer audience listening to this, what, why should they be uh, interested in building on top of the OneDrive platform? What are the key things that would be of interest to them? Yeah, absolutely. Well, OneDrive is our uh, consumer cloud storage platform, which is available across all of the major platforms, both mobile and desktop. So we have clients for iOS, for Android, for Windows Phone, and then, of course, for Windows and Mac OS. And uh, it's a great cloud storage option for developers who are looking for places to store user files. It's available across all those endpoints, so people can get to their files wherever they are. Uh, it's also great for application developers who want to store their own user files up in the cloud so that their different app endpoints, say they have an iOS app and an Android app, can access the same set of files for all of their users. And, and from an ISV perspective, what kind of scenarios around that are you seeing? Like, is it mainly Photo sharing, video sharing. Yeah, we, we see lots of different things. You know, we see people put photos and videos up there because we have really great experiences around those in our own clients. Um, so photo editors like PicMonkey integrating their uh, editor into OneDrive so that you can open files that are stored in OneDrive, edit them in PicMonkey, and then save them back to OneDrive so you can get to them from other places. We also see people putting a lot of Office documents there because uh, you know, we have great Office integration with the Office web clients, so people can edit their Office documents in other places, and then you can open those in your own apps. And I guess one thing, like working with my family at home, like occasionally, it still gripes me when people send me emails with attachments in them. Yep. And I know we've done a lot of work in Outlook now, that, so it's very easy to kind of streamline that flow of storing documents in OneDrive. But Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and with the see, sharing capability there, that's improved quite significantly. Yeah, too, I was going right? to say, we, we have um, new pickers that we've announced as well that allow people to easily attach files that are in OneDrive using just a sharing link. Right. So like, if you look at um, the new Outlook client for iOS, for example, you can easily attach a file and just send a sharing link for that file in OneDrive. You can enable that same sort of functionality in your own app, whether it be a task app or a, a, you know, some sort of list management app where you want to just attach that file, you can easily attach a link instead of actually attaching the whole file and holding onto it yourself. Yeah. So I've worked with the what was known then was the SkyDrive API, which was mainly, it was wrapped up in that live SDK. Right. Um, how's things evolved there? Um, obviously, you know, we've seen that evolution happening with the OneDrive for Business API. Um, how has the OneDrive consumer API evolved? We've taken a lot of the feedback that we've gotten from the live SDK community and tried to incorporate that into our new set of APIs. So we've really focused on being a completely RESTful API and sort of following all of the normal standards around what a REST API would be. We've enabled things like path uh, addressing support as well as ID-based addressing. So now if you want to refer to an item, you don't just have to know what its unique ID is in our system, but you can actually look it up based on the the path in the user space, uh, which makes things like creating folder hierarchies a much simpler and be a single API call instead of multiple API calls like before. Um, we've also added OData compatibility to the new API, which 
doesn't necessarily mean a lot to some people, but it enables this whole uh, interconnection of, of APIs like we're looking at across the Office 365 suite of APIs. And then I guess that, you know, for a lot of people where we go to these non-Microsoft conferences and historically we had a pretty bad reputation of building APIs that people have to really, really learn yeah. compared to just kind of jumping and looking at a, an ODATA spec from another company right. where they've just followed <clears> the standards. So I guess the big push here is to make sure that we're accessible to a lot of those developers so that they can adopt those things in their own their own product. Yeah, we sort of we've taken two approaches to making sure that we're really accessible. One, we've tried to write really great documentation. We know in the past that our documentation has been one of our Achilles heels. Yeah. Uh, and this time we took a really big focus to make sure that we had awesome documentation. So hopefully when people read it, they agree with that. If they don't, please let us know. Uh, and then the second thing we've done is we've tried to make the API really approachable just from a straight API perspective. So we've created an API console where you can go to play around with the API and see how it works. And we've also just made it so that if you're using curl or something like that, just a basic HTTP client, that you go back useful error messages that will help you sort of realize what it was that you did wrong and help craft the URL in the right way. So we've tried to really make it an approachable API where I think in the past it was sort of a black box that you had to know exactly how to use it or it didn't work. And then in addition to that, like the the to about this interactive SDK, what, what was the driver for that, which is developers wanting to learn the tool in that approach rather than just reading? Yeah, we you know we find you know myself even I find it a lot easier to learn things when I'm actually trying them out versus just reading a document that attempts to explain some things. So we wanted to give people that opportunity to go try the API without needing to write any code themselves and learn how it works and learn what the different methods are. And then even if you're trying to debug something, you can go back to the API console and see how it how we sort of written it to work and figure out what's wrong in your code or what's wrong with our API and. Uh, debug the problem easily. Yeah, and then from a, I guess, as well as like the format of the API, the big thing that is always like the first thing you have to work out is the authentication flow. So when you're getting started with this, what's the flow? What account types can you use? And where do you have to register your applications, for instance, to get these things going? Right, so because we're the consumer service, we're all based on Microsoft accounts. Yeah. So every user who signs into OneDrive has a Microsoft account. And so we use the Microsoft account OAuth 2 endpoint, and we support either the implicit grant or the code grant uh, flows for OAuth 2. And so any standard OAuth implementation will work just great, or we have some sample code on our website that you can use to go figure out how to build an OAuth flow yourself. Um, and then you can ask for what sort of scopes you want, and we have new permission scopes for the new OneDrive API that make it easier to get the right level of access for your app, and you're off and going. So if I'm in my mobile experience and my app's requesting XYZ, the first time that user hits it, they're going to get that. Yep, they'll get, a, they'll get a login prompt that's optimized for a mobile experience, and they'll get the um, authorization confirmation to basically say that this app wants to be able to read files in OneDrive or be able to write files in OneDrive. Or uh, we have a new scope that unfortunately didn't make it quite for launch, but we'll make it in, we think, about a week after launch, which is just for a specific app folder. So instead of requesting read-write permissions to an entire user's OneDrive, which is scary to some people, yeah. uh, you can actually just ask for a specific folder for your application, and then All you right. can read and write in that folder. So that will show up as like a special type of folder in the UI when you go in as a yep. user? Yeah, so for each application, there's a well, each user, I guess, has an apps folder that we will create on demand, yeah. the root of their OneDrive, and then each application underneath that will get a folder based on its app name. Uh, that's neat, because I've done this a few times where I've rejected it, because there's no way I want them to have access to all my receipts and yeah, tax documents. Absolutely. As, as people store more and more of their personal content in yeah. OneDrive, you know, it's scary to let some app that they don't know a whole lot about have access to all of their tax records and personal photos and everything. Yeah. That's what that app can just ask for. 
uh, a little slice of their OneDrive that's dedicated to that app. Yeah, I mean, I'm an ultimate, ultimate paranoia with two-factor authentication, and sometimes it does drive me crazy putting that code in every time, but <laughs> I'm glad I do it because I don't want people to have access to that kind of I'm that the same data. Way. Yeah, absolutely. And then it, with, with regards to that, the um, we're introducing changes uh, this week. What kinds of things uh, have we introduced? You've mentioned the app folders, but there are other functionality there that we've put through. Yeah, there are. There's several things that we've heard feedback from existing live SDK customers, uh, things that they were looking for. One of the biggest ones was now that we support uh, unlimited OneDrive storage for certain users, those with Office 365 subscriptions, uh, and files up to 10 gigabytes, people really wanted to be able to take advantage of that storage space from their applications. And before, we could only let them upload 100 megabytes. Yeah. Now we actually have a full resumable file upload API that lets you upload up to 10 gigabyte files, uh, or the maximum file size that OneDrive has. So that's really around the movie scenario, right? Because Yep, yeah. So if you have a, a large HD movie that you want to upload to yeah. your OneDrive that you took on a on your phone or your camera, then now we support that, where in the past we didn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that will help with things like the Lumia, with the camera and stuff that they can do. Yeah, the absolutely. Videos. Or, you know, someday I'm sure there'll be super large, larger than 100 megabyte photos that people want to upload with all those megapixels. That's true, so. yeah, because they just what just want to see is people's faces, you know, like <laughs> a million megapixels. Right. Uh, we also added a, a sync SDK. So in the past, if you wanted to understand the files in somebody's OneDrive and know what had changed, you basically had to pull every folder across somebody's OneDrive to see what files were in it and then do the differential algorithm yourself. Right. Now we have a sync endpoint where you can say, just tell me everything that's changed since the last time I called and get back that delta of files. You don't have to scan the entire user's OneDrive. You don't have to make thousands of API calls. You can just make one and know what's going on. Okay, and so those scenarios, a lot of people rebuilding the client, or is that more of an informative thing for a dashboard type scenario? Yeah, it's for a dashboard or for a directory of folder of files that they care about. So if they're building an app on two different endpoints that the user is consuming, and they want to be able to know when one endpoint has uploaded files from the other endpoint, um, they would often do a, a polling algorithm to try to figure out like what's changed in my application's right. folders or the files that my application cares about, and. Now we just make that one simple API call to now. Cool. And then in addition to that, what other things have we seen that you guys have introduced? Yeah, one of the other things that we heard a lot from developers was that they really wanted to have more thumbnails or broader support for thumbnails. In the past, we had very small thumbnail sizes because we hadn't changed our API in several years. Uh, and so now we have larger, larger sort of standard size thumbnails, but we also give you the ability to request your own size thumbnails. Um, so if your application needs a particular size of thumbnail, like you need 499 pixels for some reason, we can actually generate one of those for you right, uh, okay. on demand. So one thing of interest when, when we talk about APIs is where we have client apps like OneDrive on my iPad or my Android, uh, all the time it's like this notion of dog fooding and do we eat our own dog food? Is, is this the API we're using for those client apps or is there some secret API that the ISVs will ultimately find and use if they can't? get what they need out of the public one. What's the direction there with what, you're, what you guys are doing? Sure, in, you know, in the past, we've had separate APIs for our developer community and for our internal apps, and that's always really been a problem. The intent of this new API that we're launching is that it will become that, that platform that everybody is building on. And we haven't had a chance to cut over our, our mobile apps today to start using this new API, but that's certainly something that we're looking at doing over the next few months. And then all of the new functionality that we're building into OneDrive will be built on top of this new API. Right. So that won't there won't be this 
divide between what we let our development community build on for our products and what we're building on. It'll all be the same API and, and everybody will have access to these great new features that we're rolling out. In one right, way. right. Because there's quite a few things coming and evolving in those clients as well, right? Yeah, definitely. We're, we're you know, not done building OneDrive by any means. Yeah. We're continuously adding new features to the iOS and Android apps, to the Windows Phone app, and to our website, uh, as well as the clients for, for Windows and Mac. Cool. And that, that'll be good because it will put pressure on the API. The, you guys own the API that you're not just the external customers that are your customers, but actually internal people. As Definitely well. right, yeah. And our, our API will be designed to scale and meet the needs of all of all of our own clients as well as all of our developer yeah. platform clients, which will be, I think, a, a really great benefit yeah. for everyone. That's a great idea to do it that way. It's cool. So um, where can they go to find more information around this? Where's the right place for developers to go to right. start reading? So our developer portal uh, at dev.onedrive.com has just been refreshed with a whole bunch of new content. Uh, it has links off to the documentation, which we're actually hosting out of GitHub, yeah. uh, and then links to our sample code and links to our API console where they can actually play with the API and try it out. Cool. And from a sample code perspective, what platforms have you got that are supported there right now? Yeah, we're a little weak on sample code, I have to admit. We have sample code for C Sharp and for JavaScript, and then we're going to be launching sample code for iOS and Android over the next couple of weeks. Cool. Uh, and then we'll be launching a full SDK for all of those sort of major platforms in the coming months. And so you mentioned JavaScript with the implicit flow with the authentication. Does that mean that you can do these things full client side without needing? Yeah, yeah. Our sample actually is is a single page app okay. um, that basically emulates some of the features of the OneDrive app and lets you browse through your folder hierarchy and see thumbnails and download files and uh, do stuff like that all from just a single page without having any server side code running. And um, with regards to like moving forward, how do people keep in touch with all your updates? Where would be the right place to, if new features come along, where, would it be dev.onedrive.com or is there other places you guys communicate with? Yeah, people? absolutely. So we have, you know, dev.onedrive.com is going to be our primary portal and that will always have the latest updates. Uh, the OneDrive blog, which is at blog.onedrive.com, will have any sort of major announcements and major changes like the announcement that we have today. Uh, and then you can follow the GitHub documentation actually will be the place that we keep up to date with all of the changes that we're doing as well. So you can follow the change log on our documentation, which I think is a great feature. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and then I actually have my own blog on MSDN, which is blogs.msdn.com slash rgreg, where I will be posting sort of the minor updates that don't make it onto the OneDrive blog. I will make sure that that's on the show notes as well. And then in addition to that, you did mention that you're collecting feedback. So what feedback mechanisms do you guys have around? Right. OneDrive? We actually, uh, so we have several different um, environments there. We have a user voice page, which is onedrive.uservoice.com, which is a, a great place to provide feedback about any sort of things across the entire OneDrive experience, including the developer platform. And you can go post things that you're looking for there. We also monitor Stack Overflow pretty regularly, and we have a tag, just OneDrive. Um, where we're always looking at what developers are asking or where developers are having problems and trying to make sure that we solve those problems for them. Cool. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up? Is there other stuff you're working on or where can they see you next? I mean, you mentioned your blog. Are you on Twitter? Are you uh, people stalk you there? Uh, I am on Twitter, although uh, I don't know if people want to stalk me. <laughs> uh, we also have, uh, or my Twitter handle is just rgreg, G-R-E-G-G. -G. Yeah. Uh, and you can follow me there and I'll talk about what we're, what's going on in our space. And then... We'll be at the, the Microsoft Build conference uh, in San Francisco this April as well, talking about more of our API advancements and uh, what we're going to be working on over the next several months there. Cool. Uh, which should be exciting news for everyone. Have we announced that session yet on the, is that on the catalog? So it is, yeah. It's, uh, it is out on the Build catalog right now. 
Well, I think that should give these guys enough to get started. I mean, it's going to be exciting times, I guess, moving forward with what people do with the. the yeah, we're mechanism. you know we're super excited about the developer platform space for OneDrive. We think there's a lot of great opportunities for people to build rich applications on top of the service that we provide, and we're really going to be investing in this space over the next year, if not more than that, um, building up our platform and making sure that it's a, a great opportunity for developers to interact with OneDrive. So, I'm really excited about it, and I hope your audience is too. Yeah, well, I look forward to keeping up to date with how how quickly you guys go. I mean. I, since I joined last March, we've seen a lot of progress in this area and like, the evolution pushing forward to make sure this happens. So yep. I think in the next year, it's going to be frightening how much stuff that comes out based on all the feedback that the people give with this release, but also with whatever you release the build as well. So yeah, it will keep you busy for sure. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I, um, I appreciate your time today. I know you've got a lot of stuff ready to get things shipped in time for this blog post, but um, I'm, I'm hoping this audience kind of is another way of getting your word out there about the new features and if people want to interact, definitely go and um, touch base on the, uh, the blog notes there to get all the uh, links to all the bits and pieces where we can reach out to, to Ryan and his team. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. Thanks, man. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. All the links from the show are in the blog post on blogs.office.com dev, where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any ideas for new shows or questions for us, please join us in our Yammer group in the Office 365 Technical Network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on Office 365.